five, four, three, two, one, boom, we're live. Is this thing on? Is the connection on? Oh, yeah, perfect. The Wi-Fi's on. Everything's connected. We are good to go. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 149 of the G-Meeker MMA show. It's your host, Gabriel Hernandez, here on July 31st, 2018, the last day of July in the year of 2018 for the month of July. It's very special because it was my birthday month and I always considered it. Not only was it one day of this month, my birthday, but the rest of this month is like just mine because it's my birthday month. It's a, a lot of people are born in July too. So it's a very special month for like a lot of people. So like I said, today's the last day of it. So might as well make it the best day ever. And um, best show ever, ladies and gentlemen. Had a good weekend. Had a I went, went up to the lake, for, went up to the lake, I actually broke my sandal there, which which was motherfucker, because I didn't bring any shoes with me or anything like that, and everything else, but um, I had fun, got, got drunk a couple times, yeah, why not, you only live once, um, watched the fights, uh, I watched, um, I didn't watch, I watched, um, I watched all the, I didn't watch the, um, the undercards or anything. I just watched the main cards, mostly starting off. I watched actually a pretty good amount of them. I watched a couple of, uh, the undercard fights. I know, um, I was really just interested in the main card, you know, around a time, time frame. I was going to go home. I wanted to sit back. We just got back from like the lake and all that. And I wanted to sit there and, uh, I wanted to watch them. But I did watch, uh, you know, the Josie Alder one. I was j- jumping up in my seat, super excited. I mean, you look at that nasty vintage Jose Aldo body shot. We've seen him do this multiple times in his other fights. Following up with, not, not only does he land that vicious left, uh, I think a left hook like, to the body or anything like that, but he also follows it up with a nasty leg kick as well. If anybody remembers, you know, vintage Jose. But, um, yeah. I watched fights. Definitely had a good time. I, I was definitely cheering. So you know, the last few these last few fight nights, I have been watching all of them. So I've been watching them live. You know, I watched UFC 225 live. It was very exciting. You know, this the adrenaline and all that, and uh, being able to have that experience yet again, and uh, you know, having that experience, having fun. You know, lo- loving to do what I like to do. I don't think I ever explained the story to everyone. What what what? had happened in the last couple months you know i was just kind of pulled away from the sport for a little bit because i was you know having a lot of problems on my own side so you know overall like i said we've just been watching i've just been watching all the fights you know uh who else was on that card poirier looked great um poirier looked great josie alder looked great uh yoana young jacek returns to the win column uh, defeats tisha torres by a unanimous decision was a great fight you want to look good. Um, she returns to her winning for, winning ways, snapping her two-fight losing streak to the champion, Rose Namunas, being the only woman who's beaten her. So does that set up a potential fight later on? We will see what happens. Also, like I said, I'm excited for this weekend's fights. You know, the fights in Los Angeles always turn out to be some of the best fights ever. I mean, if you look back at that uh, arena, you know, Shogun won his world title against Machida in the, in the rematch, I think, unless that was the first fight. The first fight was, I think I think it was the second fight that was in Los Angeles. But, you know, a lot of history's happened in that arena, obviously. Um, it's in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Los Angeles. So we got a great, we got two championship header rematches with both challengers looking to get redemption against men who 
have beaten them. Neither Henry Cejudo nor Cody Garbrandt have beaten TJ Dillashaw. Or Henry Cejudo. I mean, let me go back. Neither challenger has beaten the champion that they are facing later on this Saturday night. How about that? Sounds a lot better. And also, you know, I had some um, other things. We're going to quickly just read down this list. Um, what we're later, some of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later. We're talking about like technology and stuff, you know. All the phones we have, like all the technology that we have had within the last hundreds of years, you know, what to expect in the future, comparing it to back then to right now, it's really interesting stuff. Like, you know, you know, we think about it like the 1700s, the 1800s, all our kids, everybody, all of us are learning about history, U.S. history and our history books. But in the years to come from now, like hundreds of years from now, what it's going to be like, what history going to be like, are there even going to be a such thing called books? Those things are going to be ancient. What's going to happen with all that? It's going to be so exciting. So we'll talk about that. And I'll talk about, um, obviously, I wanted to talk about him. Um, he's in the, he's, he, he's, he's hot. He's definitely hot in the news right now. No, homo, not like that. I mean, he's just popping, you know, 6'9". I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, his ascension and, you know, all the hate he's been getting, you know, his style, how it's kind of a little bit different from a lot of the other guys. And, you know, just, just, just talk about that and, Give my opinions on that too, as well as that. Um, I think it's that new Winnie the Pooh movie that's coming out. It looks pretty freaky. We'll talk about that too. But uh, let's let's not waste any time and jump right into uh, UFC Calgary. I mean, the main card lived up to his expectations. We had a lot of excellent fights. You know, those three fights in a row, the from the Yoana fight to the Jose Aldo fight to Dustin Poirier fight. I mean, if you've seen the first fight. It was a great fight first and foremost, but I feel this fight was a lot more one-sided. You know, obviously Dustin Poirier didn't hurt Eddie in the first fight. Eddie hurt Dustin Poirier. It was a great fight up until and unfortunately ended due to the illegal knee strikes. The fight was stopped. It was deemed a no contest. The fight never continued. You know, that was last year. I think it was in Dallas, Texas that happened. The UFC 217. So Dustin Poirier writes the wrongs and amasses a beautiful TKO. Beautiful, beautiful TKO performance. You know, knockout performance over Eddie Alvarez. And that was, in fact, Eddie Alvarez's last fight on his UFC contract. So where he goes from there, I don't know. He did say he wanted to roll the dice and test free agency. And, you know, free agency has always been good to him, he said. And he wants to see what is to come for the future. Obviously, he said formally. If he beats Justin Poirier, he wants to fight the undefeated Russian, Habib Nurmagomedov. So it seems that his lightweight title plans are a little bit thwarted right now, and those go a little bit backtracked because of the fact that he didn't win, obviously. And, but you look at the guys he's fought in the UFC. I mean, Eddie's fought in a list of killers, a list of contenders, and a list of champions or former champions. He's fought in Anthony Pettis. He fought Gilbert Melendez. He fought Justin Gaethje, obviously fought Donald Cerrone, and fought Dustin Poirier. So Eddie's entire list of people that he has fought have been champions, former champions, and people who are on the road and on the way to becoming champions or fighting for a t in a championship level fight in the near future. So there's really nothing. There's really nothing that. Um, There's really nothing that um, Eddie has done in the UFC that, you know, isn't good. You know, he's, he's looked absolutely fucking amazing throughout his whole UFC career. You know, 
I don't know, something about his style, you know, he, he's, a, he's a brawl guy, he's a sprawling brawl guy, he's kind of just like stand and brawl kind of guy, and um, he really is, you know, one of the best fighters on the planet, I mean, for fuck's sake, he knocked out Rafael Dos Anjos when Rafael Dos Anjos was on that crazy run, I mean, you look at the run that Rafael Dos Anjos was on when he beat Anthony Pettis to win the world title, to defending the title against Donald Cerrone, you know, obliterating him within under like a couple minutes to, um, you know, now if you look at Dos Anjos, he moved up to 170, obviously had that fight against Colby, but other than that, he, he ran through everybody and he looked good. He looked good. I mean, he's, he ran through three of his first opponents at 170 pounds. And other than that, he looked fantastic, you know, other, before leading up to the Colby fight. He looked good. He looked great. I mean, he's a killer. So there, there, there is a lot in this fight game. And, you know, personally, I'd like to see Eddie in the UFC still. But if he chooses to go towards free agency and, and ends up not being in the UFC anymore, I'll be perfectly fine with that. He's done a lot of things in his career. He's done everything. He's won a world title in every single organization that he's fought in. He won, he won Bellator, his longtime Bellator lightweight champion kind of forget about that you know after a while you know just the fact that he fought in bellator I mean, for fuck's sakes and um he fought in i think japan was it pride or Ryzen? no it wasn't Ryzen. no pride no he didn't fight in pride he's i think he fought in shuto or something like that he he won world all i know is he won world titles in all the organizations he's fought in i forgot it's on the tip of my tongue. I just can't currently remember what it is. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I said, Eddie Alvarez is one of the best fighters on the planet. Still is. You know, has a chin. You know, when he gets hurt, he's more dangerous than ever. You got to watch out. A lot of people have made the mistake. You know, he's come back and he's come to win a lot. Definitely one of the toughest fighters. Definitely one of the best fighters. I mean, he only has six losses in his, I think it's. Uh, six losses in his entire career, you know, a lot to the best in the world, you know. Um, but overall, you know, he has a bright uh, future. Whatever he chooses to do, I'm 100% behind him. So on to his opponent, on to his opponent, Dustin Poirier. Dustin is one of those guys, you know, I picked Dustin because obviously I'm on the Dustin Poirier train and I feel that this is 2018 is a year of the underdogs and people that are rising to potentially being title contenders and title challengers. And you look at um, you know, Khalil Roundtree Jr., uh, you look at James Vick, and look at all these guys that are making their arrivals. They're making it known. These are our future stars. These are our future title challengers, future champions. And these are guys that, you know, we watched in the beginning, you know, kind of have, you know, Dustin Poirier, you know, when I first started watching him, when he f first fought against the and Zombie, I I'd picked Dustin. I remember picking him. You know, I thought he was, I thought he was, a, you know, a really good striker. He's a wild and fun guy. I mean, it's like he's grown up inside the octagon, which has been one of the best things. Um, he's, he's literally grown up in the octagon. He's, he, was a wild, he was very wild. And that fight against the Korean Zombie, that was one of the more, most wild fights I've ever seen. You know, Poirier was hurt and ends up getting choked out, I think, with the Anaconda choke or something. Or uh, something like that. I forgot. He got choked out, but it was a fun fight. A fight which and he was close to winning as well. And, you know, other than that, you know, he's had some slip-ups. You know, the fight with Michael Johnson. But Michael Johnson's a fucking... 
monster. You know, he's fast, his hands, and some of the fastest hands inside the UFC. So well, obviously that was a slip up. I mean, he's beating Bobby Green. Uh, you know, beat Anthony Pettis, finished Anthony Pettis actually. Um, uh, finished Justin Gaethje in performance, performance. You know, fight of the night, performance of the night, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's looked good against all these guys, and he's made his strides over the years and put in his definitely definitely has put in a lot of his hard work at you know american top team so he's he's looked good you know what's next for him in the future um i mean i i see a title fight you know obviously it's really stacked at 155 pounds you got um you've got obviously uh got obviously the whole conor mcgregor thing potentially fighting habib and michael manoff which has been talked about for weeks now just had to potentially wait for Connor's courtroom hearing to be finished. They seem to have gotten a deal done to the point Connor will not be facing any jail time for his UFC 223 incident. You know, the whole bus thing. That was one of the craziest fucking nights. One of the craziest weeks ever. One of the most overwhelming weeks ever. If you're a fight fan or you're a podcaster or you're a news, you're a, a journalist, MMA journalist, honestly, I feel that's got to be one of the craziest be one of the most craziest um you know weeks if you're a fight fan to potentially like max fighting habib to max not being able to fight habib for them almost calling paul felder from the, the new york late new york state athletic commission not letting paul felder fight because he's not ranked or not ranked high enough to ally quinta getting the fight and habib versus ally quinta for the title it's pretty crazy it was one of the craziest nights ever but um definitely was so he's not getting any jail time um it seems and appears habib is going to fight mcgregor next so what in the meantime what happens we don't know if this is going to be in 2018 or if it's going to be early next year what's going to happen with all that but we do know that's a fight on the horizon uh, if we can think about anyone else that's a, that's you know a good fight for poirier in the meantime well I, I can't make any choices right now i mean you know, there's, I mean, Edson Barbosa is coming off of a loss. I mean, we got Kevin Lee in the mix. I don't think Kevin Lee has a fight right now. So Kevin Lee is in the mix. Um, I mean, still got Tony Ferguson. We can't forget about Tony. You know, even though Tony's been out with some injury, you know, he originally was the champion. I think he was like the uh, interim champion or something like that. And um, after that, you know, I think he got like slowly but surely stripped of the belt because of injuries and I don't they just continued that they you know followed through with the process and went through the process and just once Habib versus Ally Quintus started that's when the Tony was to be stripped of the belt you know not stripped due to inactivity or anything like that it's just that that wasn't an official lightweight belt and the UFC you know the UFC can do anything they want they they're there, there seems to be that they're going to be pulling the belt from Colby Covington as well as soon as Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley starts. So, um, you know, UFC can pull belts. You know, they get. I mean, if they if they can pull belts, they can give belts to. I mean, Josie Aldo gets promoted to the undisputed champion after beating uh, Frankie Edgar at UFC 200, and um, you know. It was a, it was an excellent fight, you know. And obviously, you know, Joe, Connor gets stripped of the belt. Jose is the interim champion. Connor gets uh, stripped of the belt, and Jose gets promoted to the undisputed champion. So, it's a crazy, it's a crazy world. 
the MMA world works pretty damn crazy. I mean, the UFC works pretty damn crazy. So the way everything goes is pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, like I said, congrats to Justin Poirier. Um, yeah, like a, a fight with Kevin Lee would be a pretty interesting fight, a big fight for him. I know a lot of people would like to see him fight for a world title in the, in the near future, but until we really know when this fight's going to happen, the timetable about it. If he's one of those guys that wants to stay active and, and you know, not have to sit on the sidelines and wait for the craziness to happen or what, what could happen next, then they um, then he could accept a fight with someone else. I know the UFC is going to probably be offering and seeing what, what he wants to do next and stuff. You obviously know world title fights in his future, but, you know, whatever the UFC wants to do, I'm, I'm happy with it. Whatever Dustin wants to do, I'm going to be behind him 100%. And, um... It's gonna be what who whoever he whoever he fights next. I'm sure it's gonna be a barn burner. You know, his last few fights have been barn burners. So, congrats to Dustin Poirier and uh, let's move on to the co-main event, ladies and gentlemen. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. When this first fight was announced, I thought it was a bad matchup for Jose Aldo. I mean, if you look at the career of Jeremy Stevens, like I said last week, this guy is at 20 plus fights in UFC. Like 90 percent of his fights are in the UFC. You know, he, he, he's a UFC veteran for sure, but he's fought a lot of the best. He's fought at 155 pounds. You know, he's had ultimate success at 145 pounds. You know, he's knocked out he's knocked out a lot of people. He's, he's, he's beaten down a lot of former champions. I mean, he beat uh, Henry Burrell, former champion. Uh, beat um, Gilbert Melendez, battered Gilbert Melendez, former champion. And uh, he looked good doing it too. So um, really, he really just looked like... You know, fantastic skill. You know, fantastic skill set, and uh, just dominant. You know, he looked dominant. You know, he looked like he was hitting his stride. 2018 is a year that Stevens will be fighting for a world title, but that is isn't the case currently. Jose Aldo returns to form, to winning form. We finally seen him throw some leg kicks, which I was super excited for. That was for one of the first things I was looking for in the fight. You know, Jose looked good. He looked good. You know, those body shots shut your lights off. Your mindset can be as strong as, as you possibly can have it. But, you know, when you get hit with those body shots and lights out, those those things hurt like a motherfucker. So, for sure, for sure, um, for sure, it's got to be, um, you know, a, a significant setback for Stevens. But, you know, this is kind of something I was thinking about Um is that I don't think that it necessarily takes too much from Jeremy Stevens' stock. And the reason why I say that is because it's not like he just went in there and he got beaten down for three rounds or he just got mauled by Jose. He got hit with a perfectly good body shot. For anybody that's ever been hit in the liver or ever hit, been hit with a significant body shot, those, those motherfuckers hurt. It shuts your lights off. It, 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 it makes you think different. You can't think. You know, you're in so much agonizing pain and there's so much going on that you just don't know what's happening. You don't know. You don't know um, what to do, essentially. Your body shuts down. So your mind's still there, but your body shuts down. Without your body, there's nothing you can really do. You know, hit, hit body shots. It happens in boxing all the time. You know, body shot KOs, kicks to the body. I mean, we see Brock Lesnar get stopped the body kick. You know, it's not all about knocking people out in the head. You know, unless you knock people out, you can knock them out with a body kick. You know, Pettis knocked out Cerrone with a body kick. And also head kicks. 
but, you know, body shots and body kicks and body punches, they're significant. They can slow a lot of fights down. A lot of people don't look at body shots like that. And, you know, in fighting, a lot of people headhunt, and a lot of people don't necessarily look at it, you know, a potential successor. You know, Eddie Alvarez uh, worked Dustin Gaethje's, uh, did a lot of body shots on Gaethje, and, you know, he looked good on those. You know, Eddie can rip to the body as well, so he has excellent body shots too. So it'll be a significant, nasty body shot TKO win for Jose Aldo. He's back in the mix. You know, I was really nervous for this fight because the chin, you know, I just thought that in his last two fights, well, obviously against the champion Max Holloway, I thought that it would be a lot harder of a task because not only did Jose have to watch out for the power of Stevens, it's just the fact that we've seen Jose get hurt multiple times in his last two fights by Max. And, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a good look on the champion, Jose. But, um, you know, he... He looked good, you know. He got tagged, he got hurt early, you know. I I, I thought it was I thought you know Jose was gonna uh, I thought it was gonna be a, a win for Jeremy Stevens. I actually originally picked Stevens to win by uh by um, TKO or knockout or whatever in the second round, but um you know Jose showed heart, you know he overcame everything that he needed to, and uh, he he won. That's the most important part is he won. Now, there's a lot of questions I feel like that are going to happen now that he's won. Now, Stevens always falls in the big fights. No, that's not I mean, he's ha he has lost some big fights, you know, with the Max Hallway fight. Um, this one, Frankie Edgar fight, he lost. Um, but overall, you know, Stevens was, you know, real game. You know, I feel like those guys fight 10 times. It's not, it doesn't go the same every single time. I guarantee you that. Just that he got caught with a vicious body shot. And the way Jose can, way Jose can throw those body shots and land those Lakers, you know, his timing is excellent. You know, his overall game is excellent. I really enjoy it. You know, Jose is one of the best featherweights of all time. You know, it's consensus greatest of all time. I like that. I like how John Anik uses that. Consensus greatest of all time. But um, one of the other things people heard me saying, I, I hear a lot too, is that the Jose still can't beat Max Holloway. Or Jose still, you know, still lost to Max Holloway. He beat Jeremy Stevens. But there really is no argument. He beat a guy who... Potentially looks as if he's in his prime, 20-plus fights in. You know, one fight in, Jeremy Stevens still right there. He's number four in the world. He's looked good. You know, he had one slip up against Aldo. You know, it's a body shot. You know, he tried to recover, tried to do everything he, can, he could to, uh, um, you know, get out of there. No, not get out of there, but, you know, get out of the bad spot, get out of the bad position, and... Unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't enough for the referee, and now Josie Aldo is in an interesting position now, because you know there's still Brian Ortega, and I still feel that these guys are going to do this fight. This is still that's just still just still the biggest fight for the featherweight division. I just don't know where Aldo is title fight wise, because you know we've already seen him fight Max Holloway twice. That's kind of a unfortunate thing, you know. We'd want to see maybe Jose get beaten. Perfect scenario, get Jose beat, gets beaten by Max, comes back, fights another contender, you know, beats Jeremy Stevens like this, 
and then fights Max Holloway again. But, you know, the fact is Jose fought Max back-to-back. So, um, so it's, it's kind of a different... Uh, it's kind of a different scenario. We... I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what Jose wants. But I, I'm pretty sure Jose wants a world title fight. You know, he, he said it in his countdown show that he envisions, him, envisions himself becoming the world champion again. Is that is that a, a bold statement? I think so. Do I think personally that can happen again? I, I don't know because, you know, we've we, we got to look at the first two featherweights ahead of him. I mean, Frankie Edgar's in the mix still. I still still would like to see Frankie versus Max Holloway. and But it's it's weird because Jose beat Frankie twice and he's lost to Max Holloway twice. The only other way I personally see him becoming world champion again would be if it's a different title holder and that's not named Max Holloway. That's the only other way that I see him becoming the champion. But other than that, Jose looked good, and I'm happy that it wasn't three in a row for the champ for, for for the former champion. He won. He defeated a very tough guy, a very dangerous guy. He didn't beat a nobody. He didn't beat a trash can. He beat a very tough guy, a guy who is on was on a tear. You know, potentially one more win could have him right back in the mix in the form of Jeremy Stevens. So it wasn't it wasn't a bad fight. It wasn't a bad night. And uh, you know, Jose wrote the wrongs, proved all the haters wrong, and definitely proved me wrong. I was happy to see that I picked against him. And, you know, I wanted to be proved wrong because I wanted to see Jose come back in vintage form. And he did He did so do that. So congrats to former champion Jose Aldo. Another former champion who is back in the win column also after two losses, former champion Ioana Young Jacek successfully defeated Tisha Torres, which was a very fun fight. Tisha didn't make it easy for her. You know, all those takedown attempts. You know, Joanna had her, her, her striking looked good. It took a little bit of time to get get started and to get warmed up and, and she started to do that. And um you know, it's uh you know, she looked good, Joanna looked good. Uh like I said, in that last fight with Rose, she you know arguably could have beaten Rose and um it was a fun fight. You know, first one she got knocked out. Second fight she looked uh she looked um even better, you know. What if a third fight comes? Now this is one of those rare. This is one of those rare things too. So the second fight was that good that I want to. I would, would not mind seeing a third fight. I know. I know she said she wanted to have a championship level fight in their in their next fight, but I don't know how realistic that that is. I mean, it is realistic. It just depends on what's happening with Rose right now and what's happening with the rest of the division. If that's what the UFC wants to do, then I think that that would be a good thing. Yana is a big star, and this was her first for... Oh, fuck. Motherfucker. Oh. For both her and Jose Aldo, it was uh, it was their first three-rounder in, in a very, very long time, too. So it was their first three-rounder, um, as well as, you know, first non-title fight in a very long time as well. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. Pretty interesting. Um, and, you know, with her beating Tisha Torres, you know, that shows everybody that she still is one of the best in the world. You know, te- second best strawweight in the world. She refuses to admit that Rose is the best straw- women's strawweight on the planet. You know, Joanna is definitely one of the best in the world. But in reality, 
Rose, not Muniz, is the world champion. Rose has that belt on her mantle. Rose is in the ranks as a champion. So there really is no argument to be made about that. They're two of the best strawweights in the world. And I could probably watch them fight a hundred times. So former champion, you're on a back in the win column. Excited for her. Excited for her next fight. And, you know, anytime Joanna and Young Jacek wins and fights, it's always an exciting fight. You always know that she pushes forward. She's one of the best in the world. Her training at American Top Team has really rounded out her game. And, you know, it's, she's, fought, she's fought real good. She's looked real good. And she's fighting and representing and, and fighting under one of the best camps of all time. So, you know, kudos to Joanna, champion. Joanna Young Jacek, however you want to refer to her as... Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on to this weekend. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. We've got UFC 227 live on pay-per-view from Los Angeles, California. Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, got championship header rematches two in a row. Mighty Mouse takes on Henry Cejudo for the second time. And TJ Dillashaw takes on Cody Garbrandt for the second time. Now, Mighty Mouse has fought a lot since Henry Cejudo, but Cody's last fight was against TJ Dillashaw. So there we go. We'll get to see these fights. It's pretty exciting. I, I, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to amass. You know, I'm curious to see how Cody handles his first loss, you know, um, how he comes back, you know, his mindset, how he looks, how much more patient he is. Because, you know, TJ Dillashaw is an animal. You got to watch out. You got to watch everything from TJ. TJ is one of the most excellent strikers on the planet. You know, best angle, some of the best footwork, you know, patient, calm, great finisher. Um, overall, this fully-fledged mixed martial artist. So he's, he's real good. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in the rematch because every time anyone has a rematch, you're always looking for things to happen in the second fight. Looking for things, looking for ways that these guys can be different. Looking for ways that they have improved. Looking for ways that both of these fighters are going to get better or have gotten better. That's that's what rematches are to me. Looking at the ways that they've improved. Looking at what's going to be different. What to expect. What's going to happen. What the outcomes could possibly be. That's what I think about when it comes to rematches. So it's very, very lucky and very rare to have two championship header rematches being the co-main and main event of the evening for for uh, 227. But it should be definitely a good fight night for sure. Fight, uh, a whole night of fights for sure. It's not one of the most stacked cars from absolutely stacked from like top to bottom like UFC 225 was. But um Definitely has a lot of good fights on it. Definitely for sure, a lot of undercard fights, a lot of fun fights, and uh, the I think the uh, flyweight division as well too. There's a couple of flyweights. I think Jose Jose Torres come returns again, um, and other than that, there's a lot of other great fights on there too. So I can't wait for those. And like I said, I know that we're gonna have a lot of great fights this year, and we're gonna do fight. We're gonna be doing fight picks, by the way, for anybody that didn't catch that we're gonna do we will do fight picks um we will preview and we will execute basically so like i said main event tj dillashaw versus cody garbrandt that's an excellent one you know like cody garbrandt hits like a fucking truck too now tj has power too but when you think of cody's power 
it's like raw power. Like he hits you, it's like you're gonna get hit with a fucking firecracker. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, um, hit. He doesn't hit lightly for 135 pound man. He hits like a fucking truck. Definitely one of the best strikers. You know, one of the most prolific finishers we have. And he's going up against the baddest man, 135 pounds, two-time champion T.J. Dillashaw. I mean, I remember, I remember back when he originally won his world title. It was one of the most emotional, one of the most best performances, one of the you know biggest moments in history of the mixed martial arts. Because the fact is, you know, if you follow when you follow someone for so long, and you see their success, it starts to rub off good on you. It's like you know, it's an amazing feeling. It feels good because you you follow. Just, just not only for fighters, but this goes for people, for fans of music, for fans of, you know, sports outside of mixed martial arts like baseball or your favorite player gets drafted, you know, or like a big one was like LeBron James getting drafted to the Lakers. For me, I like LeBron James regardless of whatever team he's on. He's one of the best players in the world. You know, he's up there with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I was excited because Lakers is actually my favorite team. I was excited for him to be drafted to the Lakers. So that was a good uh, little transition on my part. So like I said, your favorite fire, fighter gets sponsored or is, gets, gets a new deal or becomes a world champion. And you follow them since day one, since before they were a champion. It's, it feels good. The loyalty, um, the dedication, all that feels good. It's good. You know, there's a lot of athletes in this sport that dedicate their lifetime away from their families, from their kids, from their loved ones overall. And, you know, they they sacrifice a lot. and They actually go through a lot to do that. So that's why it was what's real insp- inspirational about both these guys. Or, all, all of, basically, all the women and the women, too. But um, anyways, let's, let's get back on track. What were we talking about? We were talking about, like, oh, yeah, the rematch. Cody, Cody hits like a freaking truck though. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen and how different it can be. I mean, imagine if Cody wins, that's going to be a trilogy. That's going to call for a trilogy fight. And the main, in the co-main event, um, Jimmy introduced Mighty Mouse Johnson versus Henry Cejudo. I mean, if you want to look at strides and, and performances, look at Henry Cejudo and how much he has performed looked how good he has looked i mean one of the biggest fights i feel that he definitely did improve a fuck ton on has to be that fight with joseph benavidez his only other fight that he's lost in his in his career he lost to mighty mouse and he lost to joseph benavidez which is no this is no disappointment at all i mean but benavidez is one of the best in the world you know two-time title challenger you know top contender for many years there's no shame in losing to a guy like Joseph Benavidez. Sergio Pettis beat Joseph Benavidez. Henry Cejudo beat Sergio Pettis. You see how crazy the sport is? But anyways, like I said, Henry Cejudo looked on fire against Benavidez. I mean, he who was who looked motivated as fuck for that fight. He was good. He looked good. He looked great. And he continuously, I feel, will look great. And it's just a matter of if he can match the skills. Mighty Mouse... That's one of the rare things about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is that we've never really seen him tested. I mean, we've seen him hit a couple times. You've seen him hurt a couple times. Not hurt, 
badly, but you know, we've seen him get tagged. You know, John Dodson fight was a perfect example of that. But other than that, we've really never seen him tested. So we've seen a lot of these champions after a long, a long amount of times get tested, get hurt, get put through adversity. You know, Cormier has happened to a lot. Um, Aldo, you know, in that fight with Mark Hominick, where he was fading in the fifth round. We, we've seen a lot of these champions get put through adversity from title challengers. You know, they end up winning and all that at the end of it. But in the end, in the end you know, the champion reigns on top, you know, shows holes, comes back better than ever. And that shows you exactly why they're the champion. So we, for me, in my experience, since Mighty Mouse has been a champion, the only time I've really seen him really, you know, have a challenge was John Dotson. And then he came back in the second fight and looked better than ever against Dotson. So, you know, you obviously know that this guy is in the gym day in and day out working on absolutely making sure that he is one of the best in the world because he definitely is one of the best in the world. And he has shown shown it from time and time again, doing things you've never seen him do before. You know, I like that flying arm bar against uh, Ray Borg. Oh, God, that was one of the, that was one of like the, that was something like you would see in a movie. Like, I don't see how people won't, don't like Demetrius Johnson. He's one of the best in the world. You know, for a smaller guy, he definitely fights fucking good. So, like I said, I, I don't know if Henry Cejudo can be that guy to defeat him in the rematch. Obviously, Cejudo's looked good. Demetrius has looked better. And um, I just don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen in this sport. That's why I'm holding my tongue on it. But... Dominantly, I'm going to side with Mighty Mouse on this one. I think he gets it done by a unanimous decision. Just jumped right into a fight pick without announcing officially that I was making fight picks. But basically, that's all, that's all I think about it. And in the main event, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to call off a prediction for this one. I know I have fight picks and fight bets that I, that I bet on lately. I think I'm 18 and 13 right now. It's not necessarily one of the most winning records online. But I'm pretty damn happy with it, especially when whenever I'm winning, that's one of the best times ever. Like whenever you're winning is is one of the best, uh, one of the best. So 18 and 13, I think I got four right on last fight. You know, um, I did slip up. You know, I'm just gonna stop picking ones that I don't give a fuck about. If I don't give a fuck about them, I'm not gonna pick them. But it does feel nice when you're winning. It's just when you're losing, it's just like, ah, eh, I could have done better. You know what I mean? But um, anyways. Enough of the rematches. So, basically, let's just break this down. Dillashaw beats Cody. Wins the trilogy match. Proves he's the best match weight in the world. Okay? Co-main event. Demetrius Johnson, once again, solidifies his uh, status as one of the greatest of all time. Sets up a fight with TJ Dillashaw. How does that sound? They're obviously head, head main, headlining co-main and main event. They're both headlining and both looking good. Okay, guys, we had like a period of time where it wasn't catching any like of anything I said. So I just like talked for like five minutes and it didn't catch anything. So like I was going to say, okay, fast forward. We're talking about UFC 230. UFC 230 was, um, it is one of the stack, most stacked cards too. I mean, it's in New York. There's a lot of fights on that card, a lot of things on that card that I am excited for deeply. I mean, I think they have a Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman too. He's got reported to be on there. Haven't really necessarily heard too much of a confirmation about it from either of the fighters. I haven't really talked too much about it. 
But that's one of the fights that's on there. Israel Alexandria versus Derek Brunson should be one of the fights on there as well. That fight was rumored. Um, Paulo Costa versus Joel Romero is one of those. Uh, oh, my God. That's a fucking fight right there. But uh, that's one of the fights, too. Um, I don't think this episode had as much of a shit show like last one did. I mean, if you if you this is random, but if you hear last episode. And there's no introduction or anything like that. It just we just we just started. We just basically started. Well, I didn't start. I actually did do an introduction. It just didn't cap. I didn't. I don't think I saved it or something. That's why I need to like when I finish the shows, I need to edit them afterwards. And it's fun because the fact is, it's, it's easy as fuck, and you could do it from your do it from your phone too. So, um, like I said, UFC 230 is real stacked. Um, I was trying to see if there was any breaking news. I got caught off guard, and uh, yeah. Let's see. I didn't even listen to the MMA. Uh, not the MMA out. I didn't even listen to uh, Ariel's show yesterday. That's the one thing I got to do a little bit later today, too. Um, that one has, uh, I guess, Max Holloway's on it, Mark Henry, TJ Dillashaw, Kamara Usman, Ioana, Chris Weidman, and much more. We'll get a lot of interesting news on there. I want to see what the fuck's happening. Alexander Hernandez v. Uh, uh, Olivier Obama Mercier as well. So, Alexander Hernandez is fucking UFC debut. Good fucking God. He starts that. Dude. He's, he, he's, he's fucked him up. He knocked him the fuck out. That was a nasty-ass knockout, too. Um, let me see. Anything? Darren Till says... That there's not a man alive in the division that can beat him. And he says it's certainly not Tyron Woodley. Do I agree with that? Um, I think Darren Till stylistically compares to Wonder Boy. So get ready for one of those Woodley versus Wonder Boy fights. Reminisce basically like it's kind of going to be similar. If anything, Tyron Woodley finishes Darren Till. But then again, Darren Till could be on my list of 2018 underdogs that make a breakthrough and become a world champion, which I wouldn't be mad at if that happened because I've been watching these guys fight for a long time and it wouldn't be destined for this to happen because it's just made to happen. I don't know. It's just destiny. But anyways, I think that's enough with uh, mixed martial arts talk. Let's move along to our world of technology from phones to smartwatches uh what else do we got electric cars now how much shit we just keep coming up with new shit that we that keeps coming out um yeah it's really fucking crazy how how much we have advanced though like over the years from going from people being transported in horse buggies you got to be you had to be high class to be in being transported through being pulled by a horse on a horse wagon. You know, those ones with the little, like they had in the 1800s or whatever the fuck. You see them in history books all the time. Um, but you had to be high class. I mean, looking at it now, like, people and their fucking Abraham Lincoln beards and shit and uh, how society's just completely changed. I mean, if you want to look at it, you could just break down the last 10 years of your life from having those phones on the wall those little ones you stick your finger in and you, you ring it around. I, didn't, I never learned how to use one of those, actually. So that's how I'm going to stay in this generation. I never learned how to use one of those. I used the, the one of the ones, I don't know if you guys seen them, the 
the phones that you, the, the house phones, like the little, they look like squares and, um, they're, they're square phones. They have little numbers on it, the ABC, EFG, you know, and the whole alphabet on there. I use those. We used to use those to talk to our friends all the time. Like I never had a phone or anything like that. When I had one, it was like, I think it was like singular wireless back then. I think the singular was like the name of AT&T before AT&T became AT&T. It was like singular wireless or I think the name of T-Mobile. I don't, I don't know which one it was, but uh, it was, it was like singular wireless. I used to play those little games. Like those button phones are heavy as fuck. That's one thing about them back then. Like you didn't have to worry about drop. When you drop those phones on the floor, you can throw those damn phones and they wouldn't break. That was like one of the coolest parts about it. Like, I mean, I still, I actually went to Target not too long ago and seen a couple of those phones in stock. I'm like, who buys those phones still? Like, it's it's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy phone to still have. But just going from those to touchscreen. When when touchscreen first came out, I was just like, whoa, that's crazy awesome. I was a little ass kid at the time. I was just looking. I was like, I would be lucky as fuck to have one of those touchscreen phones. And actually, here here I am touching one as we speak. But um, it's just like we have moved along like crazy, like going from those big ass freaking CB radio phone kind of things people use from pagers to flip phones to smartphones to um, having 4K, basically like 4K. Um, it's a crazy, it's a crazy world. I mean. I mean, when the iPhones first came out, when um, I mean, iPhones, Samsung, Samsung Galaxies. I mean, it's not just those. It's not just phones, but just the cars we have now to the new TVs to, you know, 4K, 4K Ultra HD, by the way, for anybody that is No, I'm not going to explain to you what the fuck it is because you guys should know what the fuck it is. But I'm saying for me. I'm still getting used to that. I have never watched a movie in 4K Ultra HD in 2018 yet. It's hard to believe. Seems like everyone should have done that, but I have. I'm one of the guys that haven't. I, I haven't spotted any differences. I mean, I, if you go to the, if you go to Target, if you go to Walmart, you 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 can see the TV displays go around, right? There's TV displays everywhere. Different quality, different brands, different sizes. I fuck with those 4K, 4K Ultra HD TVs, for sure. Those look good. They're really shiny. It looks like you're looking through a different universe. It's just that beautiful. But definitely is exciting to see. I mean, it's it's crazy to think. It's not only exciting, but it's crazy. You know, I was thinking about it. I was talking about it yesterday with my guy, King Grandpa. I mean, if you look at it, how society has changed. I mean, you go back. Maybe over 300 years ago. Go back. 1700s. What the fuck did they have in 1700s? They had a bunch of cattle. Farms. They grew a lot of farms and shit. I think that's the 1800s. I think we're a little too far back. Yeah. 1800s. We read about it in the news. Not, not in the news. We read about it in our history books and all that. And it's like a different time. 1900s. 1912. That's when the Titanic sunk. Right? So a lot of world news, a lot of world history and shit has happened in the meantime. A lot of things. For fuck's sake, 2000 was a huge, huge um, year for people because it was 
you know, we're no longer in the 1900s. We're in the 19, go to the 1900s, 1919, you know, we just went through the whole 1900s here. And we're in the 2000s. Imagine when you're in the 3000s. That's not what we're talking about. What, what I'm going to say is that this planet, basically, is going to survive possibly for another 100 million years. The sun is too. It's just a matter of what's, what and how the planet's going to come. What I mean by that is, you know, so-called, quote-unquote, climate change. Climate change is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't really, I kind of have never, I don't really believe in it necessarily. But it, it is a real thing, obviously. I mean, you look at all the fires going around and all that. But, and, you know, the recycling. Everybody recycles. You know, there's pollution in the air from all the cars, all the businesses, all the trucks. And, you know, how much longer can a planet take the kind of damage that this planet has been taking within the last hundred years? Which isn't a bad thing. It, it's, it's a bad thing, but it's just that, like, things are going to change super fast. Like, it's going to happen super fast. Like, we won't, I don't think anybody on this planet right now will be alive. No one on this planet will be alive at the time that the change, all those changes happen. But you just think, like, futuristically wise, what's going to be different? Like, I mean, if you look at, we're going to be ancient to people in the future. I think our planet's going to survive long enough to the point where we look at our future and we're fucking dinosaurs compared to those people. What are they going to have? Flying cars, teleportation, spaceships that you can fly in like Star Wars. How fucking awesome would that shit be? That's what we're, that's what we're coming out with. When you get those new iPhones, you get... The, Get your ability to speak with people who are halfway around the world, speak to people that aren't even in the same city or the same room as you, and and being able to communicate with these types of people. I mean, there's always been the phone like on the wall that you can call. I know they've always had pay phones and all that, but in reality, text messaging, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., all of those are ways and different ways to communicate with people you care about, communicate with people that you talk to, your friends, your family, your cousins, your girlfriends, doesn't matter who it is. You get you're, you get the ability to speak with these people around the world. They may not even be people you know. You know, people you get you get the chance to talk with them. I mean, being able to go live on Instagram for example, or Facebook or Twitter. You're giving the world an awesome opportunity to let them know what it is that you're doing. Necessarily, some people don't give a fuck. But if you're one of those celebrities that are high class, you know, you're one of the celebrities, you know, Selena Gomez goes live. Everybody's going to be watching. Um, Conor McGregor goes live. Everyone's going to be watching. Uh, Demi Lovato. Hope she's all right. Rest, uh, I was going to say rest in peace. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, but I was going to say. Hope she's doing well, by the way. That, that was a terrible thing. I think suspected heroin overdose or something like that. I would never expect that. That that was one of the things that celebrities go doing behind the scenes. Like we never know what some of our most valued celebrities are going through in the background. It's definitely a crazy shit. It's some definitely some crazy shit. You gotta definitely watch. You know, gotta have more respect for people like that. But anyways, like I was saying, that we're gonna be ancient. 
and it's a fucking bitch. It's going to be crazy. Like 1700s to 2000s, you know, over 300 years ago. I mean, we're ancient. You think we have it all right now. We're only human. We can only think so much far ahead. We can have these awesome topics. We can have these awesome discussions. We can have all the awesome fun we have right now. Everything right now is a shit. We can only imagine what's going on right now. There's multi, multi, multiple universes, multiple realms, multiple, ah, I said the word wrong, multiple realms going on at multiple times. And there's things going on. And there's things that are going to happen later on in the future. That we have nothing we know nothing about. The land that we walk on, the cities, the malls we go to, the schools we go to, was all foreign. It was all ancient land. You take you take this land back maybe like 300 years ago, there's nothing. Just land. There's free land. There's land, 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 land. All these world-famous cities that we see. New York City. From New York City to Detroit, to Chicago, to Florida, to California, most notably, to Texas, to Oregon, to whole fucking United States. Anywhere that has buildings. People have built those. Those have amassed in years to come. People have built them. Cars, people have designed them and built them. Um, train, trains, people designed them and built them. Everything that's around you is man-made, basically, except for the nature, you know. No one makes trees. Trees come from, from nowhere. They're, 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 they come from the earth, basically. But every, anything, you know, technological that you think about, people have designed or people have made. So it's definitely, definitely going to advance within the next hundreds of years. I always had that big fear that our world would end before I was dead. I don't give a shit if it happens after, but I would like to see our world advance after time. You know, we're already getting shades of it in 2018, in the 2000s era, having access to the internet, having the ability to call people, see people that you aren't physically there with you and, and doing all these different things. It's, you, have the, you have so many unique abilities right now that I feel we should be very thankful for. I'm very happy, I'm very thankful for all. There's more things gonna come out you know, in our lifetime that's gonna be fucking amazing. I mean, you watch all the shows, Futurama, uh, that's my that's my most notable one right there. <laughs> the little fucking uh, president's heads in the little uh, in the um, in the little jars, still talking and shit like that. That's just so epic. It's so funny. But I don't. That will be nothing even close to how it would be. But that's fucking. Once you're dead, you're fucking ass dead. So you know, I don't know. It's gonna be really interesting to see how the future changes and stuff and everything happens. You know, all these wildfires is fucking crazy right now. I hope everyone's uh. You know, everybody is uh, safe out there. I know a lot of houses got burned down. A lot of them aren't really too well contained. Where I am at in California, there is a lot of fog. It looks like it's cloudy all day, but it's just the smoke that's in the air. And you don't, you don't see blue skies. You just kind of smell some smoke, and it just looks like it looks. But it's kind of murky outside. Sometimes it's hot. But um, other than that, it's just... It's fucking terrible. But I remember there was another time, maybe like a couple years ago, that we are on fire as well. People keep saying California is going to fall off the face of the earth due to all the crimes and shit. But not the crimes, fire. 
maybe crimes too. You never know what the fuck goes on, especially with all these crazy ass shootings and shit. But um, all right, moving on. Couple more things left on this podcast. I know you guys are tired of hearing my fucking voice for so long, but how about that rapper Six Nine? Do you guys like him? Are you fans of him? At first, I wasn't. I was like, "What the fuck is this dude? His hair's rainbowish. He has a bunch of tattoos on his face. Big ass letters. Big ass numbers. I mean, once you get in a modern day society, once you get a tattoo on your face, you're fucked." Unless you're a millionaire. That's why I said, I don't give a fuck if he has face tattoos. Anybody, if you're famous and you're making fucking money, millions of dollars, then by all means, you tell people that don't like your tattoos to go fuck themselves. That's basically how it is. This guy makes millions of dollars. And, you know, he's hitting the top charts on iTunes. That new song, Fifi with Nicki Minaj, you guys heard it? It's a great song. Great beat. The fact is, is he's working with Nicki Minaj. Went from being popular on World Star basically to just blowing up in the music, music uh, industry. You know, he has had some beef with some people, and you know, has had some little interesting things go down. And you know, I don't want to talk about. Him. I'm not necessarily going to sit here and talk about him, but you know, some things that happened in the past. You can look him up for yourself if you want to. But um, you know, he's definitely. He's definitely breaking through. He's definitely like has definitely has talent. And you know, when you have talent out there in this world, today's world, obviously you're gonna have haters. You have haters no matter where you go. You can be a basketball player, fighter, uh, singer, rapper, you're gonna have like you're gonna have that hate anywhere you go. It doesn't matter where you go. That's just the common world that we live in. We're gonna have a bunch of hate like that, and that's what we get. But overall I do think that, you know. He's killing it. Definitely his music's killing it. Has a different type of style to it, a different kind of vibe. Definitely is catchy for sure. For fucking sure. That's one of the first things that got my mind is like, this guy is just making this music real addicting. Like, I, I don't ever get addicted to music. Music is like my top priority of things that I like to do is listen to music. Without listening to music, I feel definitely like I am a different person. Definitely, definitely a different person without music. Music is one of the best things I feel that you can a person can listen to. Uh, definitely is one of the best things people use for stress relief, to get over some pain that they're going through, to, to calm their mind down, to handle themselves when they're angry. It's, it's, it's definitely a healing, healing element. It's definitely really, really, it's, it's a really good healing process. It's, it's a good thing for people to do. Relieve stress, it helps you, um, and it's just a good fucking thing. It makes you feel good, it makes you, your spirit light up. That's the most important part about it. So, you know, like I said, he's doing good, his music's good, and this guy is definitely on, I think he, he said that he was gonna be on tour with Nicki Minaj in the future on the Hendrix tour, if you guys give a fuck about that. Since when does the MMA guy talk about all that shit that goes on in modern day society? I just wanted to kind of spice up the podcast a lot more and kind of make it about what it is that I feel like I want to talk about topic-wise. All right, one last thing. You guys see that fucking trailer for the Winnie the Pooh movie coming out? Good God. Is that, am I the only one that's disturbed by this trailer? All the young kids, all the adults or whatever, everyone's just like up in arms about it. I, I'm like the only one sitting back here like, is this guy supposed to represent a fucking 
stuffed animal or a fucking real live bear. Because I've seen those movies with the animals speaking and those animals speaking and there's actors behind the voices. It looks on point though. Like the cat's talking, the dog's talking, the horse is talking. What, what movie was that? Racing Stripes? Um, Charlotte, Charlotte's Web? Uh, Milo and Otis? All fun, all fun, um, fun movies, especially for when you're a little kid. When you're a little kid watching all those movies, those are some of the best movies ever. It definitely is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Thought she was fucking hot. Um, yeah, and for me, it's just disturbing because this dude's tall. I mean, he has the same voice and everything. I wonder if it's the same voice, if it's the same actor that does the same voice. Um, but just seeing that little animal run around and interact with humans and jump out in front of cars, it's just, it's fucking weird. It's not, it's, it's fucking weird because it's like, I remember that shit as a cartoon and stuffed animals and stuff like that. But it it, it kind of reminds you of Ted as well. So it's like, it's like you got Ted and you got Winnie the Pooh. Who wins in a fight? Well, I think Ted would kick fucking Winnie the Pooh's ass, so that's for sure. But, um, yeah, that trailer looks weird. I don't know what he's supposed to resemble. He's supposed to resemble, uh, a stuffed animal or a real life bear because if you're trying to do represent a real life bear then for sure then there's something wrong i i just don't know if i want to go see that movie i was a big fan of winnie the pooh as a child but anyways i just didn't not too satisfied with it no there's certain movies or certain tv shows or certain cartoons that they go ahead and make a live movie out of like power rangers for example i didn't no, that was a good one. The new, the, if you've seen the newer Power Rangers movie, I, I didn't give a fuck about that. Need for Speed, I didn't give a fuck about that movie. Um, what other movies did they make uh, that they shouldn't have? Um, I think it was a Captain Underpants movie. I don't know. There's a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of fucking movies that they should have made. And, um, a lot of movies out there that completely just suck. They should definitely just have stuck to the books or stuck to the TV shows or stuck to the cartoon version of it. But definitely Winnie the Pooh is not on my hit list to see for future movies when it comes out. I mean, it comes out in three days, I think. But I still wouldn't go be. I would not go and see that movie. That's just my personal opinion. You can hate on it all you want. Bring back your childhood with that movie. Yeah, I mean, maybe I will go see it. It's just weird. I don't know what they're trying to do, if they're what they're trying to portray out of that. But anyways, guys, I think that's all we had now. My mouth's pretty damn dry from talking for so long. I think I talked like for over an hour or some shit like that. I'm pretty sure you guys are tired of hearing me. But anyways, guys, that was episode 149 of the G Meeker MMA show. Like I said, congrats to all the fighters that won on UFC Calgary. Most notably, Dustin Poirier. Um... Josie Aldo back in the wing column, like I said. Joanna Young Jacek back in the wing column. Congrats to all the fighters that won. Good luck to the fighters on UFC 227's card this week. We'll talk about that card post-fight next week following that. Um, I'm going to hold off on the episode segments because I feel like we're just going to talk about it all one podcast and you know touch base on it. Whenever something big comes out for segments, I will let you guys know. We'll have another episode of segments, and you should see it come up. 
You guys know where to find me at GMeekerMMA on Twitter and Instagram. I do believe the handles are still the same. Follow GMeekerMMA Show on Instagram as well at GMeekerMMA Show. Find us on iHeartRadio, on your smartphone, tablet, your computer. Just scroll on over to the search bar. Type in, go to the podcast tab, search up GMeekerMMA Show, or click the link in my Instagram bio to follow me on iHeart and follow the Jimmy Kermit show. If you don't fuck with iHeart like that, I rep- I suggest you go to Castbox. That's another good podcast podcasting app on there as well. And um or if you're an iPhone user, Android user, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Podcast, iTunes Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it's called, definitely hit us up hit us up on there. Um we'll be back next week for sure guys. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And have a good fucking rest of your week. Jimmy Kim and May out, baby.